welcome to another episode of the Gospel Lifeline Podcast, question mark. My name is Neil Grogan. I'm here with... Matthew Statler, question mark. <laughs> Matthew Statler? I'm oh, man. Kinda, that kind of makes me think of uh, Matt when I first moved to Colleen next to Fort Hood. You know, I, I'm a I'm a from the persuasion of Marine Corps in military service, and I don't know if you know this, but we have a entirely different lexicon for the way we we speak. You know, we say right. things like "head" for bathroom. I need to use the head, and y'all say what? Latrine. Latrine. Latr- Latr- I can't pronounce that word. Latrine. Latrine. Yeah, we'll say uh, "deck" for floor, and y'all say. Dirt. floor i don't know yeah. <laughs> but but there's all these different words and you know in my experience matt um there's all these words we use in the church as well or we find in scripture and we're just not super clear on what they actually mean and we'll we'll throw them out there but we, we don't really even get it right like there's word like uh words like propitiation or justification or ecclesiology, right? There's all these words, but there's even words that uh, we might kind of have an idea about, like uh, we use all the time, but we actually don't really, uh, or we don't really know a good definition or we don't really have a working understanding of the word, like even like the word like faith, right? Yeah. Which, which takes us to kind of our, our subject matter of the day where we want to talk about faith alone, the uh, sola fide, which is, was one of the solas of the Reformation. And man, faith in itself uh, carries a lot of ambiguity about it, right? Yeah. Um, Matt, why don't you offer up a good working definition for faith or pistus, if you're a Greek nerd out there? That's right. So I would say that part of our problem is we assume we know what the word means. Mm-hmm. Right. So that's those are the most dangerous ones. Um, that's why the King James Bible, as as beautiful as the language is, we have to be careful because there's words in there. We assume we know what they mean and they actually really mean something different. Right. Uh, so something like the word faith has been modified um, culturally and in society. Right. So our culture, our society says faith is more of like a hope or an aspiration, maybe, um, you know, something that we think might happen. Blind faith is usually connected, but yeah. biblically the word faith really means more like trust. Uh, and yeah. that's what I tell people a lot in my sermons. I say, when you see the word faith in scripture, just change it to trust in your mind. Cause that I think captures the basis of it because we have, the word believe, which is connected to faith. And a lot of times it's just another form of pistis uh, or pisteuo, right? Which is, is the same word we're using for faith. So believe and faith uh, all really connotate trust. Um, And we see that in um, passages that talk about even the demons believe and they shudder, right? Um, I think John Frame has a, has a helpful threefold description of faith, right? So first you have um, knowledge, right? So faith is based on knowledge and it's knowledge of something that is to be true. Mm -hmm. So uh, we believe that there was a man named Jesus Christ of Nazareth, right? Well, that's, that's 
knowledge of him, most people would agree with that statement. In fact, even most secular people agree with that statement. Yeah, he was a real life person. That's right. That's right. And so the other thing is you assent to that belief, right? Yeah, intellectual so, assent, meaning I affirm that statement. That's right. Yeah, I affirm that statement. So um, the facts about Jesus seem to be true. So someone could believe that there is a man named Jesus Christ. They could believe he is the son of God, that he is truly man, truly God, and that he died on the cross and still not have saving faith. Mm-hmm. So the third point is trust, right? Mm-hmm. So you you have knowledge, you assent to the, to the, to the um, factual statement, and then you trust in it. And it's, it's the difference between saying, that chair right there exists, and I trust in that chair to hold up my weight, right? There's a difference between, and a great illustration, man, there was a guy who um, used to tightrope across Niagara Falls, and yeah. he would go back and forth, back and forth, and then he would get a wheelbarrow, fill it with rocks, and go back and forth a few times. Finally, he dumps the rocks out, and he says, okay, who wants to ride in the wheelbarrow, right? <laughs> And everybody's like, well, we believe you can do it, but I'm not going to trust right. in you to take me across it. And so um, essentially that's faith in a nutshell. Yeah, it's a, it's an action of our belief. We're actioning our belief towards something or exercising faith in something, right? Yeah. And and so that kind of brings us to the, the point of the Reformation, right? So you know, in the, in the, or, you know, the Catholic church, they, they say, yeah, faith in the work of Jesus is key for salvation, but can we say faith alone secures our salvation? So it kind of takes us to this, we, this, this, uh, uh, an ascent we must have, we must have faith in something outside of ourselves for salvation. That's what we're going to propose. And in particular, we're going to propose faith in a saving work done by something outside of ourselves, an alien something, right? Meaning uh, not in ourselves or something we can do or something, someone even in our, you know, family dynamic can do for us, or because I was born in a certain location, it can't accomplish this. Um, we have to put our faith in someone else to do something that we can't secure for ourselves or make us into something that we're not, which kind of, uh, you know, need, what needs to be understood is that there is a right understanding of our anthropology that we have to have. Like we need to understand who we are in our reality yeah. and uh, in, in light of a holy and righteous God, right? Because then it's only then that we really kind of grasp that we, we have to exercise faith in, in, in Christ and his work for salvation to occur, right? Um, which is also, you know, we, we've talked about is gifted to us by God himself. The work is gifted. The faith is gifted. We exercise it um, because we believe in our hearts, these realities. So the first thing we need to understand is God is holy and we are sinful. How do we remove our sin, Matt? What, what, how could we possibly accomplish that? 
Well, we need an alien righteousness, right? Mm-hmm. We need external righteousness. Uh, and that is the living God has to mm-hmm. gift us this righteousness. Um, we can't earn it. We can't because all of our work is tainted by our sinfulness. Yeah. Corrupted, infected. Yeah. Um, yeah. Um, we can't accomplish this. We can't, a dead person can't make themselves alive. Yeah. A, 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 a person can't produce in them a new birth, right? Like these, these, these spiritual uh, necessities that the Bible teaches us cannot be accomplished in, in of ourselves. We need someone else to accomplish them for us in the key under the key kind of doctrine map uh, for the sola fide that we have to understand is the doctrine of justification. Uh, and justification, you know, simply put, is a declaration of righteousness. So how do we become justified becomes a question, right? Because that's what we're putting our faith in, that that we have been justified. Well, um, and we're not even putting our faith in the justification itself, right? But, but the one who secures the justification. That's correct, yeah, absolutely. Right. Yeah, um, so w- what is justification, uh, or what's the justifying act? Yeah. Well, what, what makes, um, God both just and justifier, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and, uh, there's more Latin that goes with that, but what, what we see is that God, in order to be just has to send his son as a, as a, the ultimate sacrifice, mm-hmm. um, to secure the salvation for his people. And so, Jesus Christ, his, his action, his work on the cross, his perfect obedience, right? We have the active obedience of Christ mm-hmm. and the passive obedience of Christ. He actively obeyed the will of the, of the Father, and then he passively obeyed by death and, and dying on the cross. And that sacrifice was approved by his and through his resurrection. Uh, so Jesus Christ secures justification for his people. And, you know, the, Neil, this is really an area that I think Baptists and, and other denominations begin to, to, to shift on. Um, yeah, we waver. We waver, right? Because so Jesus Christ dies and secures justification for his people. Right. So how do we become his people? Right. And, and the reform doctrine that we have, the sola fide, is by faith alone, mm-hmm. uh, and and not faith in in some possibility or uh, likelihood or some people somewhere can be saved. No, we're we're transferred into the into the the justification. The we're adopted through Christ. Yeah. And so our faith is in the person and work of of Jesus Christ. Yeah, kind of a, a good key text for this is Galatians 2, 15 and 16. It says this, that we are Jews by birth and not Gentile sinners. And yet, because we know that a person is not justified by the works of the law, but by faith in Jesus Christ, even we ourselves have believed in Christ Jesus. This was so that we might be justified by faith in Christ and not by the works of the law. Because by the works of the law, no human being 
will be justified. So what Paul's saying is you cannot possibly make yourself right or be born of a group of people that secures a righteousness in you. You must be justified by a work outside of yourself and you must place your faith in the one who secures that work. And, and that's a current reality, not just a potential one is what you're saying. Right. Yeah. I mean, in Romans um, is obviously the, the key book that really, like, yeah, yeah. Is, you know, Paul's mind is so phenomenal as he reflects the mind of Christ in this, mm-hmm. but um, Romans three, 21 through 31 talks about the righteousness of God through faith. I only want to read a portion of it, yeah. um, but it says, but now the righteousness of God has been made, has been manifest apart from the law. Although the law and the prophets bear witness to it, the righteousness of God through faith in Jesus Christ for all who believe, or we could say who trust for there is no distinction for all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God and are justified by his grace, sola fide, or sola gloria, you know, um, sola gratia, <laughs> as a gift through the redemption that is in Christ Jesus, yeah. whom God put forward as a propitiation by his blood to be received by faith. This yep. was to show God's righteousness because of his divine forbearance. He had passed over former sins. It was to show his righteousness at the present time so that he might be both just and the justifier of the one who has faith in Jesus, right? right. Like I, I, it can't get much clearer. How do you get this righteousness? How are you justified? It's by faith, by trust. By trust. But Neil, this is a sneaky doctrine because of our own deception, right? Mm-hmm. And so I've heard people say, well, I don't have enough faith to be saved, or I I can't get uh, myself cleaned up enough to have the faith. Yeah, yeah. Um, Or or when you tell them faith is a gift, they just throw up their hands and say, what's the point? I give up, right? So how do we, I mean, how do we deal with that? Yeah, I think it's important that we understand it's not the, the, uh, the amount or the level or the veracity of our faith that saves, but it's the object of our faith that yeah. saves us. I love D.A. Carson gave this beautiful illustration a long time ago, uh, kind of talking about the Passover uh, uh, situation in Exodus, right? So the the angel of death is coming uh, to um, smite the firstborn of whoever doesn't put the blood of the lamb across their doors, right over the top of their doors. And, uh, you know, he, he says it this way, you know, uh, two Jewish men, Joe and Bill, essentially good Jewish names, you know, uh, sit down and have a conversation. And, you know, Bill asked Joe, he's like, man, like, it's really scary. You know, this whole, angel of death thing and this, you know, potential losing of your firstborn. And, you know, uh, Bill says to Joe, well, didn't you put the blood of the lamb on the doorpost? And, you know, Joe says, well, of course I'm not stupid, right? Like, of course I did. You know, uh, he says, he goes, but, but, you know, still it's really, you know, it's scary. Like this is serious, you know, what could happen? And, uh, Bill says, 
um, man, bring it on, right? Like, <laughs> I, I believe in the promises of God, right? Uh, no doubt. I'm good. I, I'm ready. And uh, and Joe says, oh, I don't know. I'm still real scared, you know. And and it's that night that um, the angel of death swept across the land. And um, the question he poses in the illustration is, which boy's son was taken? Hmm. Well, the answer, of course, is neither, right? Yeah. Because it's not the level, the veracity of your faith that saves, but it's the object of your faith that I'm saves. Like that. The faith was exercising trust in God and his promises. So they put the blood of the lamb across the doorpost. But uh, it is God who who passes over actively, right? And so when we're talking about the work of justification, we're putting our hope and our trust and our faith that Jesus' blood was shed for us, that he has declared us righteous by uh, his work alone. And that's really the, you know, the com- combative language that Paul gives in, to the church in Galatia is because they've abandoned this. They've, right. they've started to trust in themselves and, and what they can do. And that's where it all falls apart, right? The first attack on the gospel, Matt, is always going to be, um, and something else, you know, Jesus and something else. And it's in that space where, man, we're in quicksand, right? Um, but it is on the firm foundation of the work of Christ declaring us righteous, uh, justifying us, which is a legal term, right? Uh, meaning that you are dead to rights, guilty, and someone paid a penalty for you. And on top of that has declared you clean and in the clear. Um, so the, we don't receive the punishment that we are, we are due, but someone receives it for us. And that's, that's the work of Christ. And that's what we must understand and put our faith in. And uh, it's in that exercising of faith where, you know, Paul says in in Romans 3 and in Galatians 2 and many other places, it's in that exercising of faith where we we have salvation because the salvation is um, based upon the shoulders of Jesus alone. I I like how the 1689 um, in the modern version says... um, the way that God justifies us is he does this not by infusing righteousness into them, but by pardoning their sins and accounting and accepting them as righteous. Right. Right. So he's not infusing you with righteousness. He is imputing, right? He is uh, taking the alien righteousness that came from Christ. It's an exchange. It's an exchange. That's exactly right. And he's, he does not impute faith itself, the act of believing, or any other gospel obedience to them as their righteousness. Instead, he imputes Christ's active obedience to the whole law and passive obedience in his death as their whole and only righteousness by faith. This faith is not self-generated. It is a gift of God. Mm-hmm. Um, and then uh, uh, number two, and I, I won't go any further with the 1689, though you should get yourself a good confession. Oh, but man. Faith, I, I, let, hey, I'm going a, I'm to a I'm a run a bath, man. You just read that mug to that's me. That's right. That's right. <laughs> it soothes the soul. Um, our modern, uh, what you call it, uh, 
waffling about truth. Right. <laughs> but faith that receives and rests on Christ and his righteousness is the only instrument of justification. Yet it does not occur by itself in the person justified, but is always accompanied by every other saving grace. It's not a dead faith, but works through love. Hmm. Uh, what I really want to impl- uh, 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 point out is that faith receives and rests on Christ, right? That's, that's why I like some of the language that some of the older uh, Puritan guys would say when they're trying to get people to turn to Christ. They say, flee to Christ. Yeah, yeah. Right? Run to him. Rest on him. Right? The, the faith is not a work. It's a collapsing. It's, it's a complete and other just dropping down and saying, I give up. Lord a surrender. A surrendering. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Matt, it really reminds me of Luke 18 uh, with the blind man uh, at the end, 35 through 43, part of Luke 18. And he, he says, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. He cries it out. He can't see Jesus. He knows he's a he's about, but he just starts crying this out. Jesus, Son of David, Sovereign King, Messiah, have mercy on me. And he keeps doing it, even though everybody's telling him to be quiet. And he keeps crying it out, crying. He's persistent in that, in that, and and that's what you're talking about. The faith. Uh, Jesus says later, receive your sight. Your faith has saved you. He's crying out and a confession of, of submission, you know, have mercy on me. I cannot do this. I cannot hope in anything but you and uh, the promises God has placed upon you that you are working out actively in front of us all, which, you know, kind of takes us to the, the keynote verse, right? For faith, Hebrews 11, one. Now, faith is the reality of what is hoped for, the proof of what is not seen. It's a reality that Jesus has done this work. And we hope in, we trust in, we action our faith upon that, that working reality of God on, in our place. And so, man, it's in that space, like Matt was saying, where we find rest, that we find comfort and peace and security. And friends, I I pray that, man, you have put your faith in Jesus and you have found that peace and rest that God promises in his son and gives us this gift of, of grace and faith alone. It is faith alone that can save you according to scriptures, not faith in anything else. So um, if you find yourself getting sideways on that, run it back. Uh, so think, think deeply, meditate deeply on the work of Christ in your place. And remember that you have been declared righteous by some, someone outside of you. And that is Jesus, uh, for the glory of God alone, which we're going to talk about next week. And so, uh, guys, we appreciate y'all listening to another episode of the gospel lifeline podcast, uh, Share this podcast if you found it edifying to you and leave us a comment or a review. We'd love to hear from y'all. Until next time, Neil and Matt, we out.